0: I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? I am doing outstanding. I'm excited. You've got a special guest on the show today, and and you're letting me introduce her. I appreciate that.
1: You got, you got it, but I am excited about this topic. I just had my cholesterol tested today. So, so we'll, we'll get into some interesting questions here.
0: (laughs) All right. And I had a couple MRIs last week, so we're all in that state, aren't we? Okay. (laughs) All right. So the, the guest today is Christine Rosenblum. Dr. Rosenblum is president of Chris Rosenblum food and nutrition services, LLC. She enjoys working with a variety of food and nutrition partners to synthesize nutrition research, literature, and develop communications for health professionals and consumers. In 2017, Dr. Rosenblum, along with Dr. Bob Murray published food and fitness after 50 featuring information on eating well, moving well, and being well for adults in their fifties, sixties, seventies, and beyond. Well, that's a great bio Larry. Why'd you bring Christine on the show today? Well, one, you know, our
1: market for the Retire Right podcast is 50s, 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. plus I'm personally interested and I think a lot of my clients could benefit by listening to what Chris has got to say. So, Chris, thank you for uh, for joining us.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me on the show and May is older Americans month, so this is a perfect time to talk about this topic.
1: That sounds great. So, Chris, when you let our audience know just
2: a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a registered dietitian and have been for 45 years, and I was a cardiac rehab dietitian before I joined the faculty of Georgia State University, where I taught nutrition for 30 years. And after that, I said, I've had enough of this. So I started my own small consulting practice and decided to write a book, Food and Fitness After 50. So I've been doing that for the last 10 years, and I've been uh, starting a blog and I've been doing some speaking. Mostly webinars these days, but I really love to promote the message of happy, healthy aging.
1: That sounds great. So you're consulting businesses for individuals that are over 50, 60, 70?
2: No, I'm really working more with companies to promote webinars or to do speaking engagements. And I do a lot of writing for companies. So I don't have a private practice where I see clients, but I do have a blog where I do try to give some advice that's a little bit more on that individual level.
1: Yeah, great. Great. And I think this is real important for our our audience. So why don't we start with kind of the diet and what is the best diet, do you think, for those that are over age 50? You
2: know, that's one of the questions I get asked the most. And I always say that there isn't one best diet, but there are lots of goods. So I think it really depends on the individual and what they really like to eat. And there are four principles that I think are most important. And the first is that I think as we get older, we need all of the nutrients. We need carbohydrate, we need protein, we need healthy fats. So we shouldn't be shying away from that. I don't believe in a a low fat or a low carb or a keto diet. I think we need all of those nutrients. We also have to pick foods that have more nutrients or what we call nutrient-rich foods, because as we get older, our need for calories or energy decreases, but our need for nutrients stays the same or increases. So we have less room in our diet for a lot of junk food. And then of course, we also have to think about disease management, because three out of four older adults have multiple chronic health conditions. So we need to manage that. We can manage that with diet, whether that's heart disease or high blood pressure or diabetes, diet plays an important role. And then the fourth characteristic that I think is the most important, we should enjoy our foods. Food should be something that's enjoyable. Hopefully now we're getting back to enjoying it with family and friends and not just by ourselves. But I think that enjoyment of food is also really critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you can put a diet together that you enjoy, it's not like you're really dieting. It's kind of just, I guess, a way of eating and a way
2: of life absolutely and and you know some people follow more of a mediterranean diet some people follow more of a pattern of a, a flexitarian not quite vegetarian but you know more of a plant-based diet and so i think it just really depends on what you like and what you enjoy you know we talk so much about sustainability and the food systems but your diet has to be sustainable too so that's why i'm not a fan of these extreme diet plans or the cleanses or the fasting you can't stick with that so you might as well find something that's more Sustainable and enjoyable,
1: yeah, and there's so many things that I guess people don't know, and I don't know. like I always looked when I'm shopping and I look at the ingredients and I want didn't want something that was high in fat. So I always looked for something that was lower in fat. and but my girlfriend pointed out that it's really not the fat, the fat sometimes good. It's really looking at the sugar versus yeah. the fat. So can you talk about that for a second?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I think I mentioned healthy fats, you know, so fats that like the olive oil type fats or canola oil fats or fish oils, the the fats that are in salmon, you know, those are the healthy fats. And sometimes when food manufacturers lower the fat intake, they have to put something back in and it's usually the sugars. So I think looking for added sugars are are something that's important. But the other thing I'd say with looking at food labels Is the portion size is what's probably most important because a lot of times people say, Oh, this only has one gram of sugar. But then you look at the portion size. If you're eating four of those as a portion, you're probably getting more calories and sugar than you think. So I, you know, I think it's better to try to. to to find out where the sugars come from in your diet and reduce those as much as you can. But then I also wouldn't worry too much about fruit. I hear people say, oh, I can't eat fruit, it's high in sugar. Well, fruit's a naturally occurring sugar, so naturally occurring sugars that you might find in fruit or dried fruit or fresh fruit or even things like dairy. Dairy can have some carbohydrates, but those are naturally occurring sugars. It's all that added sugar we wanna stay away from.
1: I'm glad you said that cuz uh, again I had that conversation cuz I like my my strawberries and my oatmeal for for breakfast and I know it has more sugar or even a glass of orange juice so you're saying that's that's okay don't worry about the sugar in in, in those type of of um fruits
2: Absolutely. I think that those are the kinds of naturally occurring sugars that are fine, and they're also really nutrient-rich. You know, a glass of orange juice has that vitamin C. Probably you're choosing a brand that maybe even has some extra calcium and vitamin D, and then the strawberries are loaded with other nutrients besides the naturally occurring sugars like fiber, vitamin C, vitamin A. So those are all great foods to include. That sounds like a great breakfast to me, Larry.
1: Yep. A little cinnamon and and I'm good. I'm good good to go. So I'm I'm glad to hear that about the fruits. So, you know, as we, we age, how are the nutritional needs different for us older folks?
2: Well, I think the big thing is that idea of we need less calories because our metabolic rate declines and, you know, we're not just talking about older folks. This really starts at about the age of 40, 40 is really when aging starts to take its toll on some of our body systems. So we need less calories and it's a gradual decrease. But what I find is that people try to eat the same as they did when they were younger and they have this weight creep, one or two pounds a year. And one or two pounds a year doesn't sound bad until 20 years later then you got 40 extra pounds on you so I think that idea of trying to really be careful about the amount of calories that you consume every day and the best way to do that is really watch portions try to eat for hunger and not so much for the pleasure aspect although you know eating for pleasure is fine but looking at what you're eating and how much you're eating and kind of trying to, to scale back a little bit and monitor your weight so you don't see that weight gain and then the other thing that happens is we get older is we need more protein in our diets. And so our muscles are a little bit more resistant to the dietary protein that we eat. So we need a little bit more in every meal. So I try to get people to think about how much protein they're consuming and when they're consuming it, it's good to have it spread throughout the day. Some at breakfast, some at lunch, some at dinner.
0: Hmm.
1: So You know, you, you mentioned about having less calories. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't think most of us really even know how to figure out how many calories we're, we're taking in each Mm -hmm. day from all the food. Is that something we should be doing?
2: You know, I don't. I think it's necessary to get into the math of it you know sometimes i know in nutrition will say you should have such a such a percentage of your calories from this And it's like people don't know how many calories they should have and they don't certainly don't know how to calculate a percentage so i don't worry so much about that i think it's really more or less you know wh- where are you with your body weight are you comfortable with your weight is that a healthy weight for you then you know trying to monitor that so you don't gain weight so i think the best thing is just cut back a little bit and, and especially on some of those really empty calorie foods like sugar Sweetened beverages, or some of the snacks that we might like to consume, like chips or cookies or those kinds of foods that just don't give us a lot of nutrients but give us a lot of calories.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So let, let's switch gears and let's talk a little bit about exercise. Or mm-hmm. What kind of exercise should we, should we be doing as we
2: age? Well, we should start, it should really start again. This is early because we start losing muscle mass about the age of 40. And between the ages of 20 and 90, we can lose more than 50% of our muscle mass. And so there's such an emphasis right now on maintaining our muscle mass as we get older, because that's gonna help us in so many aspects of of what we like to talk about as functional fitness. You know, we wanna be able to play with our grandkids. We wanna be able to still be active and garden and walk up and down stairs and stay in our own home. So I'm not expecting anybody who's 75 or 80, you know, to be a Mr. Miss Universe, but we need to be able to maintain that muscle mass. So the strength, or training is so important and it doesn't have to mean going to the gym and pumping a lot of iron. It can be little things like the hand weights. It can be TheraBands or exercise bands. Everything, anything you can do for a little whole body workout to keep your leg muscle strong, your upper body strong so that you can remain in your own home and hopefully prevent some falls.
1: So how often do you think they should be doing, you should be doing the strength, strength training?
2: You should be doing that about twice a week. Idea would be to do two sessions of strength training twice a week. You know, better than nothing is maybe just if you're doing that on the weekends, do a little strength training. But we need to be start doing a little bit of that every day if, if you can. But ideally, two good full body workout sessions of strength training, and of course, you know, the aerobics is still important too. We want people to to walk or or jog or cycle or swim or do things that that keep gets their heart rate up, it's the heart pumping and their lungs working. So all of those are are important too. And you know, there's even a third part I would add, and that's that idea of balance, coordination, agility, things we don't think about when we're kids, you know, we run around and, and jump and play. But as we get older, it gets harder to do those things. So I think doing something like Tai Chi, or yoga, or something where you're doing some stretching and balance work is really important too.
1: I'm glad you said that. So, cause it makes me feel a little bit better. So I've got two of those three things down personally, I guess during the pandemic, I bought a Peloton, which I I love. And now I just bought a bicycle from Mm -hmm. outside, which I love even more. And I, and I play golf and I play tennis but I I hate working out but I guess doing the strength training twice a week I'm doing some yoga, yoga classes sprinkled in for the first time um, via peloton but I guess this the, the strength training sprinkled in twice a week I think I can handle maybe that twice yeah. a week I'll start with once a week but yeah but that's all good to know I mean there's so many of you know, our clients are our or our peers and, you know, they're busy and they're busy with yeah. life. And as they get older, it's, it's tougher, but the, the more that you, the more that you do this, I guess the more you're going to be able to enjoy, I mean, I'd love to, I'm still playing singles tennis. And mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to continue to play single tennis as I age. And I know a lot of my peers are not playing singles anymore. They're only playing doubles. So yeah. uh, so the more that you can do some of these things, I guess the more you're going to be able to enjoy, especially after you do
2: retire and you have more time on your hands. Absolutely. And you know, your, your, your name of your business is Heller Wealth Management. And if you don't have your health, it's hard to enjoy your wealth. So you really want to work on both of those aspects and I think that the other thing that you mentioned that's so so helpful is you want to be able to keep doing the things that you love and some people hate the idea of working out they hate the word exercise but they like activity so you know I I try to help people what activities do you like to do some people love to garden they love to work in their yards well that's physical activity too so it doesn't have to be going to the gym for one hour. Personally, I go to the YMCA in my local town and I love exercise classes. I do aerobic classes, I do yoga. I'm much better off in a group than I am doing it by myself. <laughs> so you know, figure you have to figure out what really works for you. And I think another thing, like you said, you have this goal, you wanna to continue to play tennis. You know, we find up here where I live in in rural Georgia, people are playing pickleball. And a lot of these people are former tennis players that have Mm. now really started to enjoy pickleball. So there are lots of activities that people can continue to do even as they get older.
1: Yeah, I've tried it a little bit. I actually really like pickleball too. So that's probably somewhere in my future. (laughs) Great. So, let's talk about you know supplements and mm-hmm. how that can really help you maybe with your know, memory or maybe even preventing uh, dementia. <laughs>
2: Well, I wish I could say that there was a supplement that would do that, and there's certainly supplements out there that market themselves that way, but I always say that the marketing is way ahead of the science when it comes to dietary supplements. I don't think a lot of people realize that supplements are in a unique category from food or from drugs. Anybody can sell a supplement. You do not have to prove that it works. You do not have to prove that it's effective, or you really don't even have to prove that it's safe to sell a supplement. And anyone who's ever used supplements, they there's a little box on this supplement, usually in very fine print, that says these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and they are not intended to treat, prevent disease. And so there's always that disclaimer there that people don't realize. Now, that being said, I think there are supplements that are very beneficial for older adults. I think a good multivitamin mineral supplement Formulated for those over 50 is a great idea for older adults. It gives you a little peace of mind that you're getting some of those trace or micronutrients that you might not be getting in your diet. And for many older adults, a vitamin D supplement is beneficial to help with uh, bone health. Finding out vitamin D is important, even in our immune system. So I think those are some nutrients that are important. And maybe even the omega-3 fish oils, because a lot of people don't eat fatty fish. If you don't eat salmon or you don't eat trout, you're not going to get some of those oils that you need, so a fish oil supplement might be good for your diet. But in terms of some of these supplements that claim to improve your memory or prevent Alzheimer's, it's just not, not there yet. It's just not that easy.
1: Yeah, even though you see some of the, you see that ad. I I think it's Prevagen or something (laughs) on TV that says that it can do that.
2: Yeah, well, you know, what, they, what they'll often say is that they can use these wishy-washy words like they can't say it'll prevent it, but they can say it supports brain health. And so the, they, they get away with it that way. Another thing that that supplement in particular has been been called on the carpet for is that their research study that they tout, they didn't find anything significant, but then they went back and did what we, in research we call a post hoc analysis. And another way to, to look at that is, that, you know, we used to say in, in the university, if you torture the data long enough, they confess. So they would just look for something that wasn't even their primary outcome and maybe find one little thing that was significant. And then they tout that in the ads. But I would not I would not recommend and I would certainly wouldn't purchase any of those supplements right now that are claiming to prevent Alzheimer's. You know, to me, it reminds me a little bit about stuff, stuff with vitamin C when people say, oh, vitamin C prevents colds. If vitamin C prevented colds, we'd all take it. No one would ever have a cold again. And it's the same thing with these. If these work to prevent Alzheimer's, I think the Alzheimer's Association would be all over it and supporting it.
1: Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier the importance of a protein. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do you, do you think we
2: need protein shakes or protein powders as we get older? You know, I don't think that we need them. I'm always a food first approach. So I think one way to do that, to to get that adequate protein, is to really look at what, what are you eating? What's in your diet? You know, you mentioned your breakfast with oatmeal and uh, strawberries and a little cinnamon and that's great but you might want to add some more protein to that so it might be that you add a hard-boiled egg or if you if you can't do that and you don't want to do a glass of milk maybe soy milk because soy is the best plant-based protein alternative to get all of the things that we need from protein or you might stir in a tablespoon of peanut butter. It is something to get that protein content up a little bit. Those people that eat meat or eat dairy, it's pretty easy for them to get all of the protein that they need because it's pretty well packed into chicken or beef or pork or dairy. But if you're Focusing a little bit more on a plant-based diet, then you want to pay attention to eating things like beans or pulses, like legumes or um, lentils or dried beans and peas, or even canned dried beans Beans and peas are good too. And that'll boost the protein a little bit and then add some nuts onto things to boost protein. All right. Well, I'm going to add a little almond butter, I think, occasionally in my there, own. There you go. The <laughs> almond butter is good. Don't go almond milk though. Almond milk doesn't have any protein.
1: <laughs> ah, so soy milk over <laughs> almond milk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, anything, any final words you wanted to add to our audience out there?
2: I think the main thing is that it's never too late. You know, so if you haven't been eating very well or doing any exercise, our bodies are pretty resilient. So, I would say just get started and get started slow and just make little changes and little tweaks. And if you're not active at all, do something we call exercise snacks. You know, Take an activity snack every five minutes. Just get up from your desk or your chair and move around and, and do some stretches or do some bicep curls with a five pound weight at your desk. Just do something to keep moving and start slow. And then you know see some improvement. Once you see some improvement, you're likely to keep going.
1: This has been great. I can talk about this for for another hour. <clears throat> I lo- I love learning about this now which I didn't when I was younger. So uh, so you're right. It's never it's never too late. And I'm sure my audience is going to really benefit from from today's podcast but can really even benefit if they purchase Chris's book and you can go on Amazon to purchase the the book Food and Fitness After 50. Um, also go to her website chrisrosenbloom.com where she has a lot more information. And check her out either on Twitter or on our Facebook. So, Chris, thank you so much
0: for joining us today.
2: Well, thank you, Larry. It's been a pleasure. Chris, this was
0: fantastic. I do I do have a confession. However, when I when I saw this, you know, well-being for adults in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond, I thought I was off the hook. I'm 47. And then you uh. said- at 40, I'm like, oh man, oh geez. And, and, and you know, I know that you, you bring no guilt to the table whatsoever, but I was in a hurry this morning. Didn't grab my coffee. I grabbed a bottle of Mountain Dew. So now you I'm don't. just like, oh, this is not good. Okay. So <laughs> again, thank This is great information. Larry, you brought, you bring on the best guest, and this, this was fantastic today. Thank you so much for bringing her on the show. Ah, no this is this is great. She had a lot lot of great information. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, Chris, thank you so much and of course, our last thank you goes to you the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Hey, this is a great one to share. Start having that conversation about what you guys can do. Maybe change some of those eating habits. I know that I'm going to talk to my wife and ask her to help me to, you know, put the Mountain Dew down. Anyway, (laughs) again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.